Hey everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen, and welcome to Devilish Bookworms, the podcast. Where we read and review books and release episodes every Tuesday. This week, we are reviewing Blood Mansion by Robert Howell. And let me tell you, boys and girls, this is a horror book. It does not disappoint on the horror factors. So picture this. It's 1994. You're about to get married. A date is set. Everything's paid for. And all you have to do is just show up until you find out that your venue has been burnt down. Unfortunately, Ooh, the there, ground. Is, there is no way that your wedding can be there now. And it is the last minute. It's it's the 11th hour. You literally have to find out where you can hold your wedding now. All the invitations have been sent. All your families already bought plane tickets. What are you going to do? Along comes Peter Vanderbilt. And he offers you this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hold your wedding at his home so there's a happy presence before he moves in. Can we just real quick talk about how much I love rich people names? Vanderbilt. (sighs) Vanderwoodson. Waldorf. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm done. You're such a dork. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm done. (laughs) You're such a dork. So this wonderful man who's a billionaire offers you his home before he's even moved in that has been built to his specifications and customized in every single way and all you have to do is pay for the cleanup what are you going to do well this lovely couple decided to have their wedding there invited 64 people to stay overnight in the home the next morning 64 people were dead. Bum, bum, bum. If that doesn't set the tone for this book, I don't know what the fuck will. Because from here on out, we are talking about murder. Murder. <laughs> murder and mayhem. And murder. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the next morning, someone called the police after they found the mother-in-law with her throat slit in her bed half a bottle of champagne and then from what it sounded like it wasn't that much of a loss on that one (laughs) oh well no not on her part but there was so much here there was so many people people that may have deserved it may not have but in the end, no one made it out that day. So when the police came and they have 64 bodies to take away, or was it actually 62 because the bride and groom were never found? Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. Or was it 61 because another person was never found? Oh, that's right. How dare uh, you forget about Betty? I did forget about Betty. Oh, sorry, Betty. But so literally, you you have this home at your disposal. You you agree, and then all of a sudden, everybody's dead. What's everybody to think? The bride and groom and the wedding planner are all missing. No one has any idea where they are. 
their bank accounts haven't been touched, but someone knows that something's not right. And that happens to be Ron, the detective that takes the lead on this case. Ron, I kind of love. So Ron is with the detective, as Jen said, but he was the detective for every incident because, of course, there's not just one incident. There are multiple incidents. And Ron gets to see the whole thing the whole way through. How? I don't know. It's just it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of poetic justice, actually. Poetic justice. It's poetic justice. That Wasn't that he... a movie with Tupac? Yes, it was. <laughs> you want to smell my punani? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was... Uh, <laughs> That was funniest part because she goes, hey, he wants to smell my punani. And then she blows her breath in his face and says, how did you like that? <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. That was a great movie. <laughs> and two Anywho. Hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't deny that. Yeah. <laughs> that was some sexy dark chocolate. Anyways. Anyways. It, it really is poetic justice because not only was he there for the beginning, but he'll be there for the end. Now, what does that mean for him? You'll no spoilers. Re- I was going to say, <laughs> you'll have to read to find out what that means for him. But <laughs> yes. So as Rachel said, there was not just one incident at this house. After years of it being an unsolved mystery, why all these people had their throats slit. And why the couple decided to, quote unquote, do such horrendous things to their party guests after getting married. There was years of nobody living there. Then there was years of a couple of people renting out the home and more tragedy. The way that Robert describes the tragedies that happened in this house was just beautiful it was both horrifying but beautiful yeah he did a really good job of of knowing when to give detail knowing when to hold back knowing when to kind of like string us along in a way that the pacing was perfect in my opinion yeah absolutely i cannot commend him enough for how much detail he put in certain spots and how much he kept until the end Mm -hmm. and oh my god i just i loved it like you you get this full gruesome scene at the very very beginning of these 64 people dying all of these people's death is like immediate and then you go into some backstory and then immediately you get more And it's just, it kept you wanting more and it Mm -hmm. kept you coming back. And, oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to just jump right out and say it. I loved this book. I loved this book. It's like, it was so creepy and like, yes, it was scary, but it wasn't too scary. Like, I'm kind of a vagina in terms of like, like (laughs) I can read Stephen King, but like sometimes he's just a little much for me. Um, like I can watch creepy movies, but like I'm not gonna watch, you know, real horror gore. I'm I'm all right with the nun, you know what I mean? Like I'm not watching that. Uh, Drag me to hell. I will never watch in my life. 
you know, but a good old fashioned like, <laughs> you know, Freddy Krueger. I'm all right with that. Uh, but this book was perfect because it was like it was just creepy enough and also not too creepy. Like I I, I tried to read it at night a couple times um, and that didn't that wasn't great. That wasn't oh great. <laughs> and see, I'm on the opposite side of things where I wanted a dark and stormy night. I wanted thunder and lightning and reading this book like. I loved reading this at night. I literally, I curled up last night. I just, I started reading this and I just could not put it down. I really couldn't. And (laughs) when I finally got to the end, I was a little upset that it was done. I wanted more. Yeah. It's not that he left it on a cliffhanger because he really didn't. Um, No. But. If he wanted to make another version or like a, a follow-up novel. Oh, he totally could. <laughs> he totally could. And I would not be mad at it. I absolutely agree. Because, I mean, the way that it was done was just so beautiful. I mean, the ending was perfect. But as Rachel said, oh, you could you could definitely God. make it into a second book. That I'm, we're, we're obviously not going to talk about the ending. And we have a lot of things to talk about that lead up to the ending but like that fucking ending though oh that like ending. so normally it's like you you get the sense of closure when you get to an ending of a book um unless it's like left on a cliffhanger but this one i don't feel like i got the closure that i needed like <laughs> there was just so much that i wanted I don't know. I don't it, without giving you spoilers, like you need to read this book, but to understand what I mean by I I wanted more, I needed more and I didn't get it, but at the same time, like it wasn't like a I didn't get closure, I did. I just it was so good. I wanted more. So to kind of go go back to like the beginning, I think that it's a really cute idea to have a wedding in a house. So first of all, this house gave me major rose red vibes, major rose red. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever seen that movie. If you have not, it's, it is a Stephen King book. Um, but if you've never seen Rose Red, fucking watch it, go watch it as soon as you possibly can. Um, and also, uh, freaking julian sands Mm, i love julian sands and he was amazing in that movie and and he just recently passed away and it it made me really sad but anyway um yeah major rose red vibes um and i think that it was such a cute idea to have a wedding to like bring it he's the way he sold it was he wanted to have a wedding so that it could like set the tone for like happiness in the future you know what i mean kind of like there's a part in Gossip Girl where Dorota and Vanya are getting married and they ask Chuck and Blair to walk them either down the aisle or into their new house or something, something so that it's like, you know, the happiness will bring more happiness for them. And it was, I just thought it was adorable. <laughs> Obviously it doesn't turn out adorable, but I thought it was adorable at the time. I was going to say like, mm, what about this book was actually adorable? Well, the idea of like, <laughs> you know, the idea of having a wedding for good vibes is cute. That really was cute. But 
my ass, who's always suspicious of anybody's motives, like literally you say, oh, here's five dollars. Go get yourself something nice. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, <laughs> what? why are you handing me money? And so immediately when this guy's like, hey, have your wedding in my house so I can have good vibes. And I'm like, mm, bitch, what what are you doing? Nobody wants that. Like, I yes. Right. But you could suck me in with a rose red style house, girl. I know. Suck me <sighs> in. I would need you on the phone too, being like, um, we're gonna have to hash out the details to this. Um, because I would be like, beautiful, it's beautiful. Yes, I want to do it. <laughs> Especially you- if you're talking about like the fountain is is was like the original fountain from Trafalgar Square. And we're gonna get into the detail that this man put into this book. I'll um, by the way, love Trafalgar Square. Like I love it beautiful at night when all the buses are driving around and everything's lit up and man i need to go back to europe anyway um yeah no you could suck me in real easily with a house like that (laughs) and see you could probably see who's the sensible one in this friendship because i'm the one that usually talks her out of crazy ass shit i'm a pisces ho (laughs) and i'm a gemini i'm fucking the crazy one okay what what the hell is that no we're different different flavors of crazy yeah we are (laughs) but we (laughs) meld together very well which is funny because ebony and ivory (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is exactly why i knew i was going to be fine with my daughter and you know having that relationship because she's also a pisces and if i get this kind of flavor with her then (laughs) i mean we're fine we're fine <laughs> we're fine. like we're they're fucking two peas in a pod so i can't really <laughs> complain they're freaking both dramatic as fuck <laughs> so how did you feel about the writing itself the writing was amazing I'm honestly so it, it it really was it flowed so well and there wasn't like there wasn't an instance where i was disappointed with the writing mm-mm it was just all together it flowed well it it worked well the it was intelligent and it was informative and i just absolutely loved it and it was a genuine like pleasure to read so like there are certain calipers obviously of writing and there's certain calipers of tone and stuff and like there are, there are, some books are easy to read which makes it nice you know there are some books that flow really well which makes it nice this book it was like the the language used was perfect it wasn't too you know it wasn't too like I guess fancy you know or whatever it wasn't dumbed down it was beautiful so I will say that there's one part where I thought that I was gonna have a funky reaction or I did have a funky reaction to the writing but it, it went away so there was a part where the author says, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to, it's not a spoiler, but I don't want to spoil it anyway. But he says, so-and-so was never seen again. And I instantly did not like that at all. I did not like that sentence because I was like, there's so many different ways that you could write that, you know, that aren't aren't really like, not, I don't want to say the word cliche because it really it ended up not being but I thought that it it was cliche I was like oh god so and so was never seen again okay and then the next time 
he says the same thing differently so he says he repeated several times with no response and i was like "Ooh, that's a good way to say like that this person is possibly dead or probably dead or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um it was that the initial like so-and-so was never seen again i was like meh but then it was like quickly but rectified (laughs) not even like rectified is you know the right word but my opinion drastically changed (laughs) (laughs) he did tend to to word things very well i just Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't know how to describe how much i loved his writing besides i plan on buying this book when it actually drops Yes, I was going to save that for later, but everyone, this book does not come out until October 23rd, which by the time our podcast is released, will still not be then. So, <laughs> no, you'll have 13 days to lit releases. Okay, well, you're going to come out with actual numbers. Uh, I'm just like, yeah. eh, sometime in the future. <laughs> it's October 23rd. Rachel's not a numbers person. I am. I am not. There you go. Person. You're welcome. How old are you? An age? Get away from me. Um, You're 40. No, I'm just kidding. How dare you? (laughs) Oh, not that there's anything wrong with being 40. I just I'm trying really hard to be ageless. (laughs) Anyways, so kind of to bring it back to the actual story. um, After the whole wedding debacle and some of the other instances, no one really wanted to live in this home. I mean, do you really blame them? With how everything was happening and everybody was dying, including the assistant of Peter Vanderbilt, who had a hand in um, helping maintain the home after the whole wedding debacle (laughs) so many people died that no one wanted to live in this home anymore and well the one time that it actually did finally go up for sale a man bought it and requested that paranormal investigators go in and kind of get rid of all the ghosts they set up two teams that we're going to go one was a television uh set of paranormal investigators uh that in- included a psychologist a couple of tech geeks and the the actual investigators and so they had a university team as well so a college professor that um stu- had studied geology and chemistry then you also had a couple of tech guys and a psychic as well so the the team's kind of balanced out but they were just their own entities so they actually really didn't care for each other but they were going to have to work together in this instance because that is what the man that bought the house requested 15 people are going to go into the home which has been deemed the blood mansion and they are going to investigate and try to eradicate the ghosts that are left behind and try to make this home an actual home so i want to talk about i know that we we touched on it before but i kind of want to talk talk about the pacing a little bit and there are so because there are so many different characters and there's so many different ways that you can move a story forward this book was 
was kind of broken up into little baby chunks. And so it would be like a little baby chunk here. And then he would go to a different, a different scene, little baby chunk here, different scene, little baby chunk here. How did you feel about that? How it was like, it jumped to different, I guess, different points of view, different aspects of the story. So I actually really liked and enjoyed how this was written in different people's perspectives. I think you would have lost a lot of the feel or the vibe of the book by writing it in just one person's perspective. So the fact that he actually broke it down and gave a section for Ron, a section for Jackson, a section for Tippy. Like, I like that. And I like that they didn't, like, just completely exclude the other people. They were still a lot of dialogue and still a lot of their perspective. But when you're reading about, let's talk about Harry real quick. He's really obsessed with astronomy and he found a telescope inside the house when they were there. And that would actually be his undoing. But he wrote it in a way that you actually got to see his point and then you see it from the outside looking in as well. And I Mm -hmm. loved that. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So at first, the little sections, I, I also love how it was given through different points of view. Because like you said, you get to see different there, there's a different perception that that people get versus who you really are um and and I think it was great that we were able to see different things like that different aspects of the people those three little dots that separated one scene from another scene at first were the bane of my existence they felt like such a cock block like <laughs> it was like you change scenery and then you would go and you would like talk, you know, whatever's happening. It would build, it would build the scene and then it would go away. It was just like, it was like every time it would start to go get good, three little dots and then it would change. And I was like, no, but then afterwards, oh, it was beautiful. Like it, it added so much to the suspense. It really did. It was kind of like watching like a TV episode that keeps going on commercial. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're you're watching Doctor Who and it's they're getting ready to fight the aliens and then all of a sudden commercial. And <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Do you have acid reflux? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was so great though, the way he did it, because it didn't make you lose any interest in the story itself. It made you actually appreciate everything else that's going on around it as well yes a hundred percent I'm so glad you brought that up (laughs) (laughs) because it did it did a really good job like with pacing and and not giving you too much too fast um yeah can we talk about another thing that I was obsessed with and I feel like you know exactly where I'm going with this the references oh yeah this book this novel this novel honestly is a love letter to all things spooky i mean he had this man who built a house out of out of you know i don't want to tell all the secrets but there are so many references just packed i found out things 
like I know a lot of our listeners are in well most of our listeners I think in the U.S. but I think we have a lot in the U.K. and um I didn't know about the number seven bus in London I didn't know there's a a a car in Maine that will rival Christine and I didn't know and and I was I was just every time I read something else I was like I love facts I love spooky and like I said this is just I think it's Robert's love letter to just all things kind of paranormal creepy and and the people who do what they do and I literally had moments where I was like oh shut up I had no idea (laughs) because they really do give you a lot of or excuse me he does give you a lot of like actual facts like true history and crime like okay so a couple of episodes ago rachel wanted to bring up joseph mangala i did it did make it it made it okay uh, okay i wasn't sure if i we actually had decided to cut it or not but so she referenced him and all of the experiments that he was doing on uh people during world war ii and so when i saw his name in this i was like shut the fuck up i know who that is now <laughs> thanks to rachel yeah <laughs> okay this I'm, is a weird I'm, little side go ahead i was gonna say i'm not a history buff i like i try so hard to pay attention to certain things in history but stuff like that i try to stay away from so well and there's honestly there's a reason i i love knowledge in all incarnations in all forms even when it's heinous and not that I love that it happened I just I love I love knowing things I think it's really important to know things to you know not repeat them to learn from past mistakes you know for the whole for the whole shebang um and there's something that not very many people know I think I may have well I may have mentioned it but um doctors specifically doctors who worked in like asylums um uh, asylums terrify me beyond belief. I will never walk. I will never set foot in one um, house on haunted Hill. Just the doctors, doctors terrify me, especially back in the day. And like, to me, Joseph Mengele is the epitome. If I think about him too much, I start having a panic attack. He is the embodiment of true horrific evil and look who he was freaking working for. You know what I mean? But I think that Mangala himself, the horror of the human being that he was, of the barely a human being that he was, was written so well. Because to me, that brought that extra punch of like, shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, who's in the basement? I'm all right. I You couldn't, I wouldn't set foot in that basement. Even, nope, I'm all right. I'll stay upstairs she she literally is so scared of psych wards she can't even watch them on tv like yeah, there was no. the, the I'm sorry, Ameri- never oh. i was gonna say <laughs> the american what was it american horror story had a, yes. a whole episode season or season two. of it and season you were two. like nope nope i had to stop watch watching it. all of american horror story because i can't start something and then not finish it and i can't not watch season two if i'm if i'm gonna finish it and i can't watch season two because i won't be able to handle it um anyways i digress but yeah no he that's i guess i guess that's the best way to to describe like how well it was written how well it was researched even to the point of like you know psychology was brought into it the actual sixth sense you know and how there's really seven senses but we always think that there's six like 
it was beautifully done. <laughs> it was. And I'm sorry, but I have to bring up, because you brought up references, the fact that he oh, he mentions Lucian uh, Leviscout or Levenscout, the, the guy from Elm, Emily in Paris. I know, I know. He plays, um, yeah, he plays Alfie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of, I love Alfie, but I can't see past Gabriel. <laughs> I I understand that. I, I get it. Uh, I absolutely Alfie. get it. Uh, Alfie's no. a 10 man, but like. Oh, Alfie is fucking, <laughs> with the accent too? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. So when he said that, I was like, yay, Emily in Paris, because I'm sorry. I, that show is adorable it's it's so cute so cute it's yeah anyway um yes the references top tier on point beautiful the amount of the amount of education that you get in the book without even realizing you're learning stuff chef's kiss (laughs) yeah absolutely and there was go ahead I, i was just gonna say and the fact that like it was actual facts like actual history that he brought into it so i yeah or physics or like yeah um, yeah even the the even the technical aspect oh my god i was geeking out with some of the things that he had going on in the book and i'm like ah the emf and you know don't get me started i'm a nerd <laughs> i'm a nerd <laughs> i'm on i'm the history nerd you're the tech nerd oh, um, yeah. <laughs> there is one bit that i do want to touch on really quick and that is there's a section of the story where it's said that the house was built on an ancient native burial ground. And I will say um, that there is a lot of contention regarding using that as a, a plot point because of the fact, oh, I hate that I'm saying this word, but they say that it's like a very colonizer mindset of, oh, use that as like, like blame it on the Indians kind of thing or like blame, blame it on the natives. But they did also touch on some very important native facts. Um, So I do want to direct everyone. There's a a TikTok creator and he, his handle is at Asanabe, A-S-I-N-A-A-B-E. Also uh, his name on TikTok is Seventh Fire Messenger. And he has an entire playlist that is dedicated to the indigenous history, the historical you know, the schools when indigenous children were taken out of their homes and, and sent to schools that were basically like horrific. He has a stunning compilation of videos talking about indigenous history, basically. So I would recommend everyone go check that out that way if you want to learn a little bit more about what was introduced in this book. On that note, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, you're fine. One of the things that he does actually bring up, though, is that it wasn't a fact of all of the Indians being evil. It was just this one Indian in particular that was atrocious and they had buried him on this land and no tribe would actually step on that land again because of him. Yeah. So yeah. I I mean he he does give an explanation behind it so it wasn't like ah bad indians you know Right and that's why I'm not like I'm not condemning it or anything I'm just saying like it it you know if if someone were to want to learn more about things that were talked about I would suggest finding um if not 
you know, this creator, maybe another indigenous creator, because there's so many things that indigenous creators or indigenous people know about things that we don't know because things have been, you know, intentionally kept away. And so I love that Robert Howell introduced things like that because it helps move this discussion forward. Mm. The way that he introduced a lot of different aspects, it just, it was so, I really have to applaud him with the amount of dedication and research he actually did for this book. Yeah. It it, it was literally incredible. Um, I can't say that enough. And the fact that he took the time to make sure the facts were accurate is just impressive. <laughs> so. Did you have a favorite character? I honestly don't think I had one favorite character because I kind of really loved the dynamic between Tippy and Bob. Fucking <laughs> adorable. I loved them. They were so cute. They really were. I'm sorry, but when you're in a situation where it's do or die, you turn back, you go... No, I can't live without the love of my life. I need him. My heart. No, I a thousand percent. And especially because the characters, I think, do a really good job of being um, real and giving real, you know, um, emotions and things. And especially that part in particular, um, the one character is so put together. And then there's a point where it's like, fully like not okay like he knows something is wrong he knows and he just kind of loses it and i that that shift in composure i was just like it it got me you really go on a freaking entire emotional roller coaster throughout this entire book am i wrong no you're not wrong at all (laughs) i mean a little bit at first you're like oh happy wedding oh shit murder oh god like mayhem and oh okay everything's finally peaceful again and then oh shit more mayhem and then like you get little bits of love and laughter and you know little wit oh my god some of the comments i think it was it was either jane or blaze i can't remember which one but someone said she was a, like a fake and a phony and then the the chick just starts laughing and was like ah, ha, ha, whatever and it has some sort of retort which was so fucking hilarious that i actually busted out laughing then you go back into fucking like terror <laughs> <laughs> um blaze and jane were my favorites hands okay. down um there is another character but for spoiler reasons i will not say the other character that I loved, I feel like you know what character that was. Yes, but yes, I do. Blaze and Jane, uh, like together, they were just wonderful. They they were wonderful, um, especially there's a specific scene between the two of them that is just it it was my probably my favorite scene. Um, so I think moral of the story on this book is go ahead and uh, buy it and read it. Yeah, so we've literally sat here and and talked about little bit baby bits and pieces of the story because it's so good. We don't want to ruin it for you, but at the same time, it's like there's so much and so little of of pages. I mean, I think it was like 298 pages or so. Yeah, 
literally you get so much i mean like we said the history the the laughter the love the you you get all of that in such a short amount of time but also you get the fucking horrifying bullshit that comes with this and it is good it is so good and i cannot wait to buy this and make other people read it oh yeah absolutely this book was written by robert howell and it is being released through sans press and it will be available for purchase on october 23rd robert lives in montreal quebec and you can find him on x at storywriter underscore ca he also has a website it's storywriter.ca and on the website you can see all about blood mansion and then also other books that he has released Um, you can also get a special discount on some of other works there's also an about the author section where you can learn all about robert and his love for supernatural it doesn't surprise me that he loves supernatural things after (laughs) reading this no like i said it was basically a love letter jen go ahead and tell everyone what we will be reviewing for next week All right, next week we have The Witch's Lens by Luann Smith. Yay! (laughs) Sorry, everyone. If you liked listening to us, go ahead and like, subscribe, and follow us on X, Facebook, Instagram, threads, all at Devilish Bookworms. Yes. And let me tell you, join the chaos on threads, especially because we're having so much fun on there. We're having so much fun. <laughs> not like we're not having fun on all the socials, but this, I don't know, something about threads lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening and well, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.